You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Working Like Dogs is brought to you by Dog.com. For everything and anything dog, shop Dog.com today for all the top brands. Greenies, Frontline, Kong, Nylabone, Royal Canin, and more. Shop at Dog.com and use the promo code SADWORK, S-A-D-W-O-R-K, and get $15 off your order of $75 or more. Hello, and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, and my trusty service dog, Whistle. And Whistle and I are thrilled to be with you today to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. And today, our guest is Larry Chilcoat. And Larry is a veteran of the United States Air Force, and he's also one of the leaders who's working to secure a national monument for military working dog teams. And Larry's going to talk with us today about his efforts, along with his experience as a military dog handler. So we'll be right back after these quick messages with Larry Chilcote. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. anything we won't do to make sure they're getting the best products and the best care. So when you ask us a question like, So how do you feel about cat condos? We can say from experience, Feels like home. For her. Enter the code WORK10, W-O-R-K, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. Celebrate your special occasion and give her this classic semi-eternity band created with one-carat brilliant diamonds channel set in 14-carat white gold. Exclusively yours from ICE.com. Free shipping over $150, free returns, and 30-day money-back guarantee. Go to ICE.com and use promo code ACTFP and get 20% off your purchase. Or use promo code ADTFP and get 20% off at Diamond.com. Ice.com or Diamond.com. Get 20% off from Pet Life Radio. How would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called InfoSeeds. InfoSeeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit PetLifeRadio.com. Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of InfoSeed or email us at PetLifeRadio.com. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. 
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We're so happy to have Larry Chilcote with us today. Hello, Larry, and welcome to Working Like Dogs. Hello, Marcy. I'm glad to be with you this morning. Well, we're so thrilled you could be with us, and we want to hear all about this exciting initiative that you're working on, on the National Monument to Military Working Dog Teams. How did you get involved with that, Larry? Well, I'm a member of the uh, Vietnam Dog Handlers Association. It's a a unique veterans organization just for uh, handlers that served in the the Vietnam War. In 2001, the idea was presented to pursue a a national monument to, to honor all the working dogs, past, present, and future. And John Burnham, who was the founder of the, the project, he lives in Bethesda, Maryland, was uh, assigned the task to find out what all is involved in, in doing this. Well, the, the team, the first thing the team had to learn was the difference between a memorial and a monument. Well, a memorial is like a, a tombstone. This recognizes people or dogs, in this case, who have already passed on. A monument is a living representation. It represents the dogs, in this case, past, present, and future. And it requires Senate, congressional, and presidential approval. Over the course of uh, nine years now, the team has gone through many renditions and it took five years to find a congressional sponsor to author the legislation for us. That would be uh, Congressman Walter B. Jones of North Carolina. He wrote the legislation and President Bush signed it into law in 2008. So in the last two years, our three-member team, that would be myself and John Burnham, and Richard Deggins of Plano, Texas. We've made a lot of progress, and we are now fully authorized to to place this monument in Fort Belvoir, Virginia. And uh, it, the legislation also stated that uh, it must be approved, the design must be approved by the Department of Defense and the Office of the Secretary of Defense. And we're proud to say we have those approvals. And uh, we have pictures of the design concept and uh, a miniature bronze statue on our our website along with all the information that anyone would would need to uh, help us in uh, to continue our pursuit. Well, that is so impressive, Larry. You guys have been so busy. I mean, that's a lot of work and planning and effort, and I just commend you and the team for doing that. That's just so wonderful. Well, Marcy, it's truly a a labor of of love. These dogs, whether there was an initial contact with with the enemy or or not, they, they saved our lives. They've been saving lives since 
World War One and continue uh, today in Iraq and, and Afghanistan. They're just fantastic soldiers, and they deserve our respect and this national monument. Yes, they do, and I am so glad that that is finally happening. I was over in London earlier this year, and I saw their memorial to working dog teams, military teams, and it was such a beautiful monument. So when I heard about the monument that you're working on, I just thought it was so overdue and so wonderful that that's finally going to be happening in the United States. And what a process that you've had to go through. So who actually designed it, Larry? Well, that's uh, an interesting question. And there was a, a Marine dog handler who was killed in the line of duty in Iraq. His name was Dustin Lee. And he was a, a Marine handler. And John Burnham and Congressman Jones, who's our legislative sponsor, helped that family get his dog retired and retired to the family of of uh, Dustin Lee. And he was the, the first dog to be officially retired to a family. And it was it was quite impressive and his Dustin Lee's uncle contacted John and asked him what he could do to help. Well as it turned out he was uh, a graphic designer. So based on our, using our input on what we saw or what we would like to see in this monument, he created the design concept for us. It took many renditions, but we were proud that a family member of a fallen handler was an important part of the process. Oh, yeah, that just makes it that much more endearing to have that connection. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, can you describe the design for our listeners? I sure can. It's going to be uh, really in two parts. The main part will be uh, a platform with today's current dog handler in the middle and slightly to the rear. On both sides of him will be represented the four major breeds of dogs that have served in the U.S. military. That would be the Doberman Pinscher, which was World War I, the German Shepherd, which was uh, Vietnam to present, the Labrador Retriever, also Vietnam to present, and uh, the current or most recent, that's from the Gulf War to present, would be the Belgian Malinois. Belgians are not that familiar to a lot of folks, but they are uh, similar to the German Shepherd and are are short-haired and work better in the heat of Iraq and Afghanistan than the the Shepherds. So they've been a a great uh, addition to to the military and kind of getting in line with the others in saving our troops' lives. Well, I love that, how you've got the different breeds. That's so great because not only does it recognize these dogs that deserve the recognition so tremendously, but it also educates people about the different types of breeds that have been used and that are currently being used. So that was a really clever idea. 
the dogs and the handler will be life size and a half, which for the handler would be nine foot, and uh, the dogs also life size and a half to make them kind of uh, bigger than life is, is what we were looking for. And behind this pedestal, as we call it, will be a, a history wall in granite, which will tell the story of, of how the military working dog program was started and it's different uh, as it moved across history to, to present. And on the back side of the wall, we'll show different uh, graphic pictures of each of these dogs during different uh, confrontations that the, the U.S. has participated in. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, tell me, how much does something like this cost? Because it just sounds remarkable. Now you've hit the our, our stumbling <laughs> block. Yeah, and uh, that's going to be the uh, our issue from from now on is that we need nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which will cover the artists, the bronze, the granite, the shipping, the landscaping to get everything put in place and set up a perpetual care fund. Uh, it's a real tough time to to get uh, donations or monetary gifts of any kind from, from folks, but we are, are working uh, pretty much day and night to contact these people and individuals, corporate sponsors, clubs, veterans organizations. We're, we're putting the, the word out that we need your help and uh, appreciate anything that can be done to make uh, our dream come true. Well, and how can people make a donation, Larry? Can they? Is there a website? Is there a telephone number? Let's send them to our website. This is the, the John Burnham Monument Foundation, and the website address is www.jbms.us. On this site are pictures and, and information. There's uh, a mailing address for our bank in Washington, D.C., and also a, a PayPal portion with a button where you can make PayPal donations online. We are, I want to add, that we are a registered 501c3 charity and all donations are tax deductible well you guys are certainly making it easy for people to donate with all of these these structural things in place with paypal with having your 501c3 status so that's great how are the donations going very slowly like i said we we're working to to get the word out and need help from anyone who who can who's who's interested to to spread the word for us. We've made the website address easy, hopefully easy to, to remember. And there are uh, T-shirts and caps with our, with our logo on them for sale. There are going to be, uh, currently are. Within the last few weeks, we have put resin and bronze miniature statues on sale on the website and for significant donors 
there will be uh, bronze statues awarded. So we've put some incentives out there. We have some gifts and uh, Christmas, birthday, uh, veterans uh, retirement gifts, kind of a multi-occasion gift that will help to uh, generate funds that, that will help us get to where we need to be, Marcy. Well, that's great. That's Those are all great ideas and, and really smart because you're right with the economic difficulty that so many people are experiencing. It's a hard time to be fundraising, but if you provide these incentives and really really continue diligently, then I just know you guys are going to make your goal. And before we know it, you'll have the monument erected, which will be such an exciting day. Yes, it will. We, we are certainly looking forward to it. It will be organizations and programs like yours that are helping us to, to spread the word. We have a, a tentative dedication date of Veterans Day, 2012 and hopefully we will be able to to uh, keep that based on the generosity of the american people well i hope so well we are going to have to take a quick break but we're going to come right back and continue talking with larry chilcote because we want to hear more about your experience as a dog handler and i have a few more questions i want to ask you about this national monument so please come right back after these quick messages we'll be right back right after these messages stay tuned Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash work, W-O-R-K, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. FTD's network of over 40,000 florists around the world have been creating beautiful handcrafted arrangements for 100 years. Each arrangement is delivered the same day and backed by FTD's seven-day satisfaction guarantee. For a century, people have trusted their most important occasions to the flower experts at FTD. Since Pet Life Radio is all about puppy dogs and flowers, our listeners, that's you, can get a 20% discount on your order. Just go to florop.com and use the code WORK1234 at checkout. F-L-E-U-R-O-P.com, code word W-O-R-K-1234. There's a movement afoot, ShoeBuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop ShoeBuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. ShoeBuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code WORKING, W-O-R-K-I-N-G, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. Hi, this is Tim Link, host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. 
Join me as we feature interviews with best-selling pet-related authors, award-winning writers, journalists, and bloggers. And we'll tell stories about the animals and interesting topics about the animals in our lives. Each of the interviews will give you a first-hand knowledge about why the authors and writers chose a particular story, what the feature animals meant to them, and what has become of those animals that we've talked about. And of course, I'll also share stories from my own books, blogs, articles, and experiences. So be sure to join me and the writers and authors on Animal Rights. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we're visiting today with Larry Chilcote, and he's telling us all the exciting plans for the National Monument for Military Working Dog Teams. And so, Larry, you've been talking about all the exciting things and all the hard work that you guys have done. And one thing I saw on your website that I was hoping you could tell us more about is the Traveling War Dog Display. What is that? That is a project of the, the Vietnam Dog Handlers Association that kind of tours the country. It's one individual, a guy named uh, Johnny Mayo from Mississippi, and he, he has created a, a memorial to the dogs that, that served in, in Vietnam. He has created kennel tags for all of the dogs that served, and he presents those in a in a very heartwarming way and shows how many dogs served. 4,000 dogs served in Vietnam and 10,000 handlers served in Vietnam. And he shows approximately 250 of them that were, were returned to the United States. The rest were, were left behind, declared excess equipment and left behind. It's a sad story to tell that that situation has been corrected. And as I said uh, earlier, if a dog meets the criteria of the the military, he will be retired to uh, civilian life, to uh, live out his life as a civilian, which is quite a turnaround from from what happened to uh, those that that were left behind in Vietnam. Yeah, well, I'm so glad to hear that that's the new policy. And fortunately, we learn from our mistakes in a lot of cases. And this is one that I'm really glad that we have as a country and and have that new policy. So is there a schedule for that traveling war dog display? Where Where is it? I'm not aware of, of a schedule. I will, uh, I don't even have his website uh, at hand, Marcy, but... I will uh, make that information uh, available on our website as soon as I can, I can uh, locate Johnny and get the, the full story. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. That'd be great because I, I think it's just so important, to, as we said, to educate people about these dogs and their handlers and the amazing work that they do. So tell us, Larry, how did you become a dog handler in Vietnam? Kind of a, an interesting story, Marcy. I enlisted in the Air Force in 1967 and 
was assigned out of uh, basic training to uh, a base in, in Georgia where I was uh, as a military policeman. And at that base, there was uh, I was assigned to, to law enforcement. At that time, there were three different groups of military policemen in the Air Force. There was law enforcement, security, and canine. And I was assigned to law enforcement initially. After about a year of uh, working base patrols and, and entry gates, there was a communication that came to the base requesting two volunteers from the military police squadron there to go to Sentry Dog School at Lackland in San Antonio. Well, I was in a, in a wartime experience. I was doing, thought I was doing pretty good in the, the law enforcement field. So based on what I was doing at the time, I wasn't really interested in going to, to dog school. However, when the 30-day time limit for volunteers passed and they didn't have any, the two youngest airmen in the squadron were volunteered to go to, to dog school. That would be me and another <laughs> airman. So off to dog school I went, and it turned out to be an experience that not only saved my life but, but changed my life. I'm now in, in a position to do something to uh, what we feel will make a, a, a difference in the world, to have something to honor these dogs for, for all time and make a statement that they are an important part of the, the U.S. military. Absolutely. Oh. Well, tell us about your dog. So did you just have one dog while you were in Vietnam? Yes. When, when dogs were sent to Vietnam, they spent the rest of their working lives there. They did not rotate back to the United States. The handlers rotated in and out. I came in and was assigned uh, an 85-pound German Shepherd named Geisha, and she and I bonded right away. You're assigned. You you go in and uh, get to know your your dog. You you take them out and uh, work them. You go to work that night with your dog. We worked in the hours of of darkness from dusk until dawn, and Every night, that would be uh, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And she, she was a, a great partner. I always felt blessed that Uncle Sam gave me a dog to go to war with because I didn't have to go it alone. She was there with me, gave me the confidence to know I was, I was well protected, and we worked together for a year, but she's lived in my heart for the next 41 years. Oh, so she stayed behind. When you left after a year, was she assigned to someone else at that time? Did That's correct. There's, a, there's only a, a few days in between handlers. And when I went home, within in less than, than a week, she was assigned to the next handler and that's the, the way the systems worked at, at every base, mm -hmm. not only overseas, but uh, stateside also. 
Well, she sounds like an amazing, amazing dog. And I, I can't imagine how much she must have meant to you during that extremely stressful and difficult time. You were very fortunate to have her with you every day. That's wonderful. It was really hard uh, to leave uh, that part of your life behind because of the the many hours and the many uh, experiences that we we had together. You grow pretty close to these dogs, and I guess even though it's it's hard and, and time heals that somewhat, the the memories don't go away, and th- that's why the the position I'm in is so. So exciting that I have a chance to to do something that will uh, benefit a lot of of handlers who don't have this this opportunity, but will put something out there for the the nation to know what role these these dogs play and how how long they have have sacrificed for our, our country and how many lives they've saved. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just such an awesome way to honor them that will be forever, which is what they so deserve. And I love how you described the definition and the difference between a national monument and a memorial. Mm -hmm. And that's so awesome that it will be a national monument, which will honor the dogs who are working now and the dogs who came before them and paved the way for the dogs and the, the working teams right now. How many military dogs are in service now, Larry? Do you know? I don't know around the country. Part of our our uh, approval process this year was to take that design concept to the Pentagon. We have, we have made presentations for the Department of Defense uh, three times this year at the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., which was kind of a, an awesome experience to get inside that building and meet these people, let them see what we're doing. We uh, made a PowerPoint presentations and took our artists with a, a clay model of the, the pedestal with dogs and handler and let those, those officers and, and former handlers come up and look at it and give us some feedback and uh, input into what the, the, the finished design should look like. In addition to the Pentagon, we went to the, the training base for these dogs, which is Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, Texas. And all of the dogs for all branches of the military are trained there. The Homeland Security and Transportation Security are also trained there. When we were there in May, 600 dogs were, were currently in training at that time. And that's, that's all they can do and, and then some as far as turning these dogs out ready to go to work. So they are also using contract working dogs, they call them CWDs, that are trained by civilian trainers to work with our our military that's how important they feel these dogs are they want to get as many of them out there on the front lines as possible 
Well, it does. It seems like there's such a need for them now with Homeland Security and mm-hmm. and all the the needs that we as a society have that dogs can fulfill. So that is so awesome to hear that there's a an Air Force base just dedicated to turning out these working dogs and to working with other private contractors. That's interesting about the the contractors. I hadn't thought about that piece of it. That's something that was just uh, brought to our attention. I'm not sure how many uh, in the civilian world out there are aware of uh, the amount of the, the need that is, is being uh, addressed by the military and these, these civilian uh, workers. But I want to, to add that the civilian dog trainers, uh, their training is being watched by the, the military, and they must meet the military's requirements before they are accepted to work with our troops. Well, that's wonderful. Well, I just can't thank you enough for coming on today and visiting with us about this. And I, I certainly whistle and I wish you all the best. And we want to make a contribution to the National Monument. And I urge all of our listeners to please join us in doing that because I'm sure that every little bit counts, no matter how large or how small. It goes toward a wonderful cause that finally gives the recognition that these military working dog teams so richly, richly deserve. So tell us, Larry, one more time, what is that website of how people can make a donation and get more information? I'd be glad to. The website address is www.jbmf.us. On this site, we'll give you all the information, whether you want to uh, mail it, USPS, to our straight to our bank in Washington, D.C., and there is uh, information and means to make a, a PayPal donation. The troops who are being protected and the dogs out there doing the job for us will appreciate anything you can do for us. Well, that is great. And also, we want to check out those incentives that you mentioned on the website because it sounds like there's some great gifts there and things that people would want to have for themselves as a gift for themselves. So I really hope that our listeners will will get on that website and see all the wonderful work that you're doing and feel compelled to contribute and be a part of it because it is such a wonderful cause. And I thank you for the work that you've done, not only representing this wonderful group of folks that are doing this national monument, but also as a veteran and for the selflessness that that you gave to our country for our safety. So we just really thank you and Geisha for that. And what a wonderful way for you to honor her memory. That's so great, Larry. So thank you so much. And we hope you'll come back and tell us how you're progressing. And and you'll also come back when we're celebrating the ribbon-cutting ceremony, which we hope will be Veterans Day 2012. So thank you so much, Larry. Thank you, Marcy. We are proud to be a a part of this program. And everybody come see us. We are, are looking forward to hearing from you. Well, thank you so much, and thank you to you, our listeners, for being with us today. And thank you for your emails and comments that you've been sending in. Whistle and I love to get those. 
So please keep them coming. And you can email us at Marcy, M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. So thanks for being with us, and we look forward to being with you again soon. Take good care. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.